Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 21 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's kind of a sad episode today because uh, the baseball season is over. What are we going to do, fellas? 150 days till opening day, boys. Just like uh, Happy Gilmore in the yeah. batting cages. Yeah. Only 364 more days until the next hockey trial. It's got to toughen up. Yeah, it's um, like 109 or something until pitchers and catchers report. 107, maybe. So and the baseball offseason <laughs> is short. Not that bad. That's hey, what I love it. It's guys, like guys, guys, <laughs> don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happens. There's not much to smile about as a Blue Jay fan this season. Can you guys stop interrupting me while I do the intro? Or I know everyone looks forward to the intro, and you guys just completely ruined it. My name's Clayton Coker. Uh, to my left, Patrick Marsh again, just interrupting again. Ruined it. Ruined Justin's. Ruined Justin's introduction. So just steal your thunder. No, you know what? Justin what doesn't I'm get an intro, and it's your fault, Patrick. So how do you feel? And you know what? Patrick's gonna get an intro just to make him feel worse. The maritime mistress maker, Alan Doyle's. Everything. Uh, Patrick Marsh joining us live via Skype. Justin Anderson here as well. I suppose uh, I'm here. We are going to be talking about uh, Charlie Montoyo. We're going to be talking about the World Series. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the Jays offseason as well. Um, during the offseason, we're going to need some topics. So if you guys could uh, <laughs> give us some topics to talk about, um, contact us on Facebook, Twitter, send us your questions, send us your regards. If you just want to talk about your feelings or whatever, that's good tune. Uh, just a reminder, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, TuneIn, Stitcher, we're all over it. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're all over it too. Shout out to Idaho. Shout out to Wyoming. Shout out to Madagascar, as always. Um, let's get to it, boys. The uh, Blue Jays' new manager, Charlie Montoyo. Um, Justin, we'll start with you. When you first heard that this was our guy, what was your reaction? I had to uh, do a Google search to see who Me the too. hell Charlie Montoyo yeah. was. And then I was like, oh, neat. That's kind of interesting. He's been at the Rays for like 22 years. Yeah. I was like, okay, this guy seems like he knows a little bit about what's going on. So The only uh, thing that worries me a little bit is, how long was John Farrell with the Boston Red Sox for? Well, long enough. Wasn't he like a lifer with the Boston Red Sox and yeah. then we took him and it didn't really work out? Yeah, he won a World Series in Boston. I'm a little worried that Montoyo is going to be the same way, though. You know, a lifer with some club and then goes to a new one and it doesn't really It's always work tough out. with a guy who's never been a big league manager. But again, I mean, if a guy needs to get work experience, mm-hmm. where is he going to get it? He's got to yeah. get it somewhere. Might as well be with us. We were talking last week that uh, Stubby Clapp, good Canadian kid, might be the uh, best option. He is now the St. Louis Cardinals first base first coach. First base coach. I'm kind of surprised he didn't get a manager job. Job, maybe in AAA or the majors, but he already first was base AAA coach. Manager, yeah, that's though. true. Um, I don't, I'm just surprised he's that working he his way up. First base coach. Usually, that's what they do. I mean, like uh, with Montoya, he was with AAA Durham mm-hmm. for a tap, and then he became their uh, third base coach and then the bench coach for yeah. the last couple seasons. So I was kind of hoping for Stubby Clap to be honest. Order. Like again, Charlie Montoya, I'm sure he's going to do a great job, but I mean, first of all, the name Stubby Clap, and he's Canadian. You know, yeah. I was kind of, I was really hoping for that. If it wasn't going to be Johnny Mac, I was. I was hoping for Stubby Clap. Um, we haven't done a rant, and by we, I mean Patrick, in a long, long time since the early days. And Patrick has a little mini rant here to, uh, to talk about Charlie Montoyo. So without further ado, I am going to throw it to uh, Patrick Marsh. Take it away. Well, for those of you out there who don't know anything about Charlie Montoyo or why he would have gotten an interview with the Jays and not someone like Stubby Clapp, who did not get an interview at all with the Jays. Uh, I'm here to tell you a little bit about Montoyo and why this is actually a much better pick than you think. Uh, last week, we were talking about Baldelli, Clapp, Schneider, whoever. 
Um, but we're, we weren't thinking the same way that Shapiro and Atkins have been thinking about this team from the start. Remember that both these guys are huge supporters of using analysis and advanced statistics to determine player utility. Uh, while this doesn't explain why they continue to trot out lost causes like Morales or Biagini or Danny Burns, it does explain why Charlie Montoyo is now the 13th manager in Blue Jays club history. So let's go through uh, all the boxes that Montoyo checks off for uh, Atkins and Shapiro. Uh, the first one is his experience. Uh, despite the fact that none of us knew who Charlie Montoya was until he was hired by the Blue Jays, he actually has a very impressive resume. He was manager of ta the Tampa Bay AAA affiliate, the Durham Bulls, from 2007 to 2014, during which time he managed over 2,300 games, 2,400 games, sorry, uh, and won six division titles two International League titles, was runner-up three times, and was the AAA National Champion in 2009 with the Bulls. He joined the big club in 2015. He was the third base coach before coming bench coach in 2017, like Justin said. While he has no managerial experience as like the main manager for a team, Montoyo is as much a baseball personnel staple in Tampa as anyone in the team's history. He's been there for a long time. He knows the ins and outs of the organization. And of course, um, you know, he managed the AAA affiliate. Uh, one of the other uh, check marks that we didn't really talk about until, uh, well, now we're going to be talking about it is uh, Montoyo is Puerto Rican and he's bilingual, meaning that he speaks both English and Spanish fluently uh, this is essential for a team loaded with young and talented latino players as the jays journal previously mentioned last week in one of their articles it's a big deal because it goes to show montoyo is smart to a degree that allows him to think in two different languages and can understand baseball from different cultural perspectives this is going to be very helpful because we've got a number of latino players coming up uh, in our system, and we have a number of players that only speak Spanish. Montoyo is an intelligent man who has the ability to speak both. This is going to play to our advantage. And, of course, last but not least, uh, the advanced analytics angle. It's no secret that the Tampa Bay Rays are among the cutting-edge teams in MLB that continue to employ deep analytics in a very progressive farm system. Uh, it's why Rocco Baldelli just got a new job, and now so does Montoyo. Uh, this is a team in Tampa that overcomes the lack of star power with some incredibly sharp minds mentoring its young players. Uh, Toronto has that too in guys like Schneider, but now we also have someone like Montoyo from another organization uh, who, like we said, is incredibly intelligent and has a baseball mind. Uh, I can see why people think this might be a doomed hiring and that Montoyo might not be here for the long term. It does logjam all of our minor league coaches with no room for their own personal growth. Um, but it does, you know, bring somebody to the forefront who has none of those uh, managerial, like little tiny foibles that end up, you know, sometimes costing a manager a game. Uh, in fact, he comes with no managerial experience, like I said. Um, we don't know very much about him on the surface, but he's exactly in line with everything Shapiro and Atkins have ever done for the team. They understand it's time to rebuild and it's time to capitalize on acquiring brilliant baseball minds who can help shape the future. 
maybe one of the best prospects in baseball history. Plus, guys, it doesn't hurt. Montoya once mentored a young Vladimir Guerrero Sr. way back when Guerrero was coming up with the Expos. So I throw it over to you guys. Have I convinced you that this is a good signing? Yes or no? No. No. Um, again, I just wanted Stubby Clap. I, I can't get Stubby Clap out of my head. He's haunting my dreams. You're hooked on the Stubby. But I just don't think that this was a new school Jays move. I think it was an old school Jays move. I think it was one of those, hey, you know what? We're going to play it safe. It was the anti-Alex Anthopoulos move. And when the Jays were most successful, we had Alex Anthopoulos. And I just kind of liked it when we were more aggressive and didn't play the safe route. This just kind of seemed the safe route. There is nothing wrong with the safe route. I'm sure Montoyo is going to be great. I'm sure he's a great guy, a great leader, all that stuff. But the Jays needed to make some noise. When you're in a division with the Yankees and the Red Sox, and you're just kind of making these moves, we're just going to be another team in the middle of the standings. You know, that's what I kind of think about it. But, I mean, prove me wrong. That's mm-hmm. the thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Robert California, season one <laughs> or season eight, episode one of The Office. Losers, prove me wrong. Winners, prove me right. Yeah. So Montoyo, prove me wrong. <laughs> All right there, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I'm, I'm just about to season eight of my eighth rewatch of The Office. Yeah. I'm getting excited for Robert California. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> see, I've... <sighs> I'm undecided. There's a sigh for you guys. Like the this, this, this disgusted sigh. Already. There's one. There's one today. So I'm I'm kind of on the fence with this whole move. I liked the the press conference. I watched the uh, video over my lunch break today when I was working on our sheet for today. And he struck me as a guy who's he seems very genuine. Mm-hmm. Definitely loves the game. He's looking forward to working with a group of young players. And it sounds like his family is excited to come to Canada. So that's always good. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be really good for our young guys. I worry a little bit about the veterans, but again, Patrick kind of mentioned how he's worked with guys like Vladdy Sr. before. He was with the Expos mm-hmm. and with the Rays for so long. He's seen all of these guys come through. Like He's got guys come through like like Araka Baldelli and Evan Longoria have come through the Rays system. Blake Snell would have been uh, in AAA Durham when, when he was there. So, I mean, it's... It's probably a good hire in the sense that he knows how to develop prospects big time. Yeah. Through all this experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're gonna need. Like we're we're two or three years away from being competitive. So I think the safe move is probably smart in that regard. We don't really need some we don't need a Terry Francona or a Mike Sosha or some guy who's good with veteran players. We need a guy like this who's gonna help our young guys develop and I think they've done a decent job of filling that need. Good point. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about the young player aspect, which you have to with the Jays right now. I just, I like the sexy moves, you know? I like it when the Jays make those sexy moves. Like when we traded for Josh Donaldson, when we got David Price, gets the whole city, the whole fan base excited. This didn't get any Jays fan excited. Again, everyone had to go and Google yeah. who Charlie Montoya was because it was like, this guy, uh, who? You know, but he's done a great job with the Rays, uh, the Rays farm system, historically the best. Like the, the Rays farm system is second to none, in my opinion, in Major League Baseball. I just I wish it would have been a little bit more sexy. Maybe not like a veteran guy like a Sosha or Francona or anything like that. Yeah. Something more sexy, you know, a better former player or something like that, you know. Something to kind of add a spark to the team. Because, I mean, then the Leafs added Tavares, all of a sudden, oh, man, everyone's excited about the Leafs. The Raptors add Kawhi Leonard. Everyone's excited about the Raptors. Think anyone in Toronto is excited about the Toronto Blue Jays right now? While we're waiting for Vlad, so That's yes. That's true. So Give us Vlad or it, give us I, well, 
part of the problem of what you're what you're suggesting, Clayton, is you're trying to compare like Kawhi Leonard, who's one of the five best NBA players playing right now, to a rookie manager. And it's you're comparing apples and rocket ships. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I'm not saying this to like throw shade at you, no, but you are. That's I cool. think what we're, <laughs> I think what you're missing here is the fact that Montoyo is signifying something much more important to the vision of Shapiro and Atkins, which is that this is straight up a move that means shifting more towards maximizing the utility of individual players, maximizing what they're capable of doing. We have a number of players coming up uh, in the farm system who can play second, short, and third. Some of them are probably end up going to have first experience as well, probably Vladdy Jr., um, but maybe not right away. But with all these guys, it's going to be, kind of become a matter of Montoyo figuring out who fits where in the lineup at any given time. Yeah. And this guy is sharp. He's very, very smart. And the fact that he, you know, already has a lot of experience in a very good farm system leads me to believe that this is the kind of guy we want in our squad, uh, you know, leading the way who's going to help maximize, uh, every ounce of baseball we can get out of these young players. And I don't think it's fair to compare him to someone like Tavares or Leonard. Let's try to compare players with players and managers with managers. I don't think anybody was particularly excited when the Raptors signed, what's his name? Is it Nick Nick Nurse? Nurse. Yeah. Yeah. So like where people like, banging, banging on drums and hooting and hollering and and shouting for joy. (laughs) I was happy. Maybe, <laughs> but I mean, people were pissed when Dwayne Casey got fired, even though it was time to go. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, like, let's compare apples to apples and, and rocket ships to rocket maybe ships, hey? give it a little bit of time for this to sink in and maybe see what kind of moves come down the pipeline as far as free agency and trades before we say, eh, who cares about this guy? I was comparing the moves, not like yeah. the players yeah. itself. Yeah. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard is... A pretty, way bigger name good. than Charlie Montoya. I'm yeah. saying like the moves, you know, like I'm comparing the moves, how the the Leafs and the Raptors are making noise. The Jays just aren't. Well, the and Leafs again, can't yeah, sign Nylander. It's, so. it's day one of the off season. It's day one. Yeah. Still, I'm living in the past. I miss Anthopolis. I miss when I our team had balls. I miss when our team had balls and would make moves. Well, there's like that's, 75 that's baseballs fair. used every game, so I think we have a lot of balls. Oh, my God. Dad joke central over here. <laughs> no, I know I'm living in the past with that, but I just... I don't trust Atkins. That's okay, Clayton. I know, but here's the thing. We still love you. The debate is good. We're all friends. It's fine. (laughs) First, you guys shit all over my intro, and then you guys disagree with me. That's that's cool. (laughs) UNC Tar Heels shirt over here. How about this? How about this, Clayton? I'm going to say one really nice thing right now that's going to make you happy. Congratulations to Kevin Pillar. He's going to be going over to Japan in March, and he's going to be playing in that all-star Special no, with no a November? bunch of other major league stars. I thought that was in November um, here. Patrick, when they play against the uh, the Nippon League, isn't that so happening right away? Congratulations, to your boy. I thought that was in November. This Nippon League, isn't it in November? Well, what, whatever, November, March. I don't care Same when shit, it is. I'm just pot, saying. Right? I'm just saying. Great for Kevin Pillar for being recognized as, you know, one of the stars of the league, and good on him. Uh, I know that uh, if you look at the lineup, he's probably the biggest star. 
out of all of them that uh, agreed to go, and there's probably a reason why none of them want to go. But uh, mm-hmm. hey, Kevin Pillar, enjoy Japan. Yeah, those games are going to be uh, November 8th to 15th. And he's the guy for going. I like that. For the I Jays. Like, oh, yeah. Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr. are going too, oh, which nice. is pretty awesome. They're cool. sending uh, Real Muto uh, from the Marlins. We're getting some, they're going to get some all-star yeah. players for sure, which is pretty cool to see. But is anyone going to watch? Nah. Not here, but in Japan they will. Yeah, that's true. In Japan, people will watch by like the tens of millions. It'll be a big deal with Acuna and Soto. They're going to see some bombs from Soto. It's going to be awesome. Uh, let's talk about the World Series here. Uh, now that we wrapped up the Jays manager talk here, because yeah. uh, the Red Sox, good for you guys. Awesome. You spent the most money. Congrats. Good for you. Um, yeah, two <laughs> former Blue Jays killing it, though. David Price yeah. and Steve Pierce. Would you consider, well, I mean, I know he technically he is a former Blue Jay, but would you consider David Price like a former Jay, you know, like a guy who made an impact? He was technically a rental player for yeah, us. Yeah, right? yeah. He came over for a playoff run. Um, and I mean, it was. The biggest thing was David Price finally pitching well in the playoffs. Yeah, he pitched. He had a great postseason all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, started two great two games in the World Series and even came in in relief for two thirds of an inning in that in that eighteen inning game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he finished off the ninth in that game too. Uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool to see that. And obviously, Steve Pierce coming basically zero to hero for the Red Sox. He didn't really do anything in the series. He had no hits until games four and five, and then he hit three home runs over yeah. those two games. Patrick, so, are, do you, cool. are you pumped for the former Jays, or are you kind of a little bitter that they did pretty well for the Sox? Oh, I'm ecstatic for Steve Pierce. Yeah. I think it's great. It's it's always fun to see some random uh, player win an MVP <laughs> award in the World Series because it just goes to show it does not matter how good or bad a player you are. Once you get to that big game and you go out there and you you know give it your all, you can win the World Series MVP, and Steve Pierce is, by all means, I, I would call him an average MLB player, and he, you know, rose above his mediocrity to hit three home runs, and they were extremely clutch. But isn't it kind of weird how he only had he went four for twelve in the entire World Series, and yeah. he was the only player that stood out. What does that mean exactly? Offensively, I mean, they probably could have given it to David Price. I thought they could have almost co-MVP'd. Um, but, I mean, offensively, he hit three home runs in the last two games that helped them clinch this series, Those were pr- and they were big home runs too. So, I mean, I understand why he got it. I, I think that David Price probably should have got it, in my opinion. There was opinion. just no MVP really in this series. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty... Yeah. Uh, like in terms of the series, there was a lot of guys who just did enough to help mm-hmm. a little bit. There was nobody was like a huge contributor, but three home runs kind of got it for him in the last two games. Is Steve Pierce under contract next year, or is he a free he's agent? He's a free agent. Do you think he's going to pull a Matt Flynn, have that one good series, and get paid? No. You don't think that's going to happen? No. no, not a chance. I don't think he did enough in the it's... World Series. I mean, two good games, yeah. I think in football that happens a lot more, where you know, for sure, one guy will have two good games, he gets paid like ten mil a year, and then fizzles out. Yeah. I don't think in baseball though. I mean, two games, anyone can have a hot two games. You know, I think Steve Pierce it just happened at the right time, but that also credits the kind of guy that he is. I mean, a lot of baseball players they fold under that pressure. Not Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce has never really played in a big game like that either, has he? I mean, he hasn't really been in a World Series situation before or anything like that. I don't think so. And he goes out there and crushes dingers. Like, good for him. Yeah. Um, as good as Steve Pierce played, the rest of the Dodgers, do you think that they underperformed or were they just beat by a better Boston Red Sox team, Patrick? I think top to bottom, the Red Sox 
Sox prove that they're better than the Dodgers. Uh, I mean, Justin called it on the nose. I think the rest of us were just hopeful that Boston wouldn't win, but they kind of proved that they are the best team in baseball this year. I mean, they kind of proved it already, but this was kind of the icing on the cake for them. It, it makes me sad to think <laughs> to think I'm just that. really mad the Boston yeah. Red Sox won. I mean, that team is stacked, and they're not losing like anyone. All right, yeah. I, I won't say that I'm well, happy they're they losing. Won. They're losing Nathan Evaldi. Yeah, that's mm, true. Yeah. Likely. I'm, I won't say that I'm happy that they won, but I'm happy that I was right. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> good for you. I, I just thought, I thought the Dodgers were going to just be a lot better in this series. They oh, were, they were really bad. underwhelming. Like Their starting pitching was weak. Really, really bad. Outside right? of Walker Buehler and Rich, yeah. Rich Hill had a good start until the seventh. Rich Hill was great. Dick that Mountain. Game. Yeah, like Rich Hill was unreal <laughs> that, that game. And then all of a sudden, yeah, um, just classic baseball, you know, goes to the bullpen. It's over. Uh, yeah. What did you guys think of that 18 inning game? Do you guys stay up for it? Dude, uh, I was up. I started watching in about the fourth, and then I went out and got some food and came back, and it was the eighth. And I sat down and I watched it through the thirteenth. So the thirteenth was the ending that yeah. both teams scored a run. Yeah. And I, I said, as soon I was watching with my sister, and I said, okay, Boston scored a run the top of the thirteenth. I said, if the Dodgers tie this game, it keeps going. I'm, I'm going to bed. Like I can't. I physically couldn't stay up anymore. I was yeah. falling asleep. And then the Dodgers tied it up. As soon as they tied it up, I didn't even finish watching the inning. And my TV went off. I went to bed. Yeah. Woke up in the morning and saw eighteen. I was like, good thing I didn't wait because yeah. that was another two hours. I fell asleep in the seventeenth inning. Oh, it was man. so close. Choke. So close. Well, Patrick, did you watch it all or no? Oh, God, no. <laughs> There's nothing I hate more than watching the Red Sox in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm really bummed that they won. Like, I'm just, I'm uh, I am. Uh, I don't like seeing the Red Sox or the Yankees do well. I, I liked, really uh, don't. I like Boston played uh, the New York, New York in there. Yeah, that was classic. Again. <laughs> I like that. But uh, it's just, it's weird how like in, like, in a matter of. Of the salt. I'm just doing some quick math in my head here. In a matter of, like, let's say 14, 15 years, the Red Sox went from lovable losers the cursed to kind of like the cursed team that everyone loved and everyone was like, hey, you know, those Red Sox, the underdogs for life, you know? Yeah. Now they're like the new Yankees where they win four times four in times. 10 years. They spend all this money. The Red Sox completely transformed their team. Oh, they were yeah. always kind of spending money back in the day. But not the way they are now, you know, going out yeah, and getting the J.D. Martinez's and all those kind of things. Ah, fucking Red Sox. I hate them so much. I don't know. I went from hating the Yankees more to hating the Red Sox more. Who do you guys hate more? Still the Yankees. The Yankees. Still you Yankees. still hate the Yankees always more, the Yankees. hey? 27 rings. Always. I think for me it's the John Farrell thing. And that's tough because, again, John Farrell, went John, through a, Farrell. John Farrell went through a lot with, with the cancer, cancer and everything, and yeah. I really hope he's great. And he's a great guy, but the fact that he went from Boston to Toronto and then back to Boston just ditched us, I think that's where my Red Sox <clears throat> hatred kind of started right there. Yeah, I just – anytime I see pinstripes, I just get angry. No, me too. Don't get me wrong, me too. But I, I don't. Boston's kind of creeping up there. Boston's kind of turning into the New York Yankees a little bit. Yeah, Steve Pierce softened the blow. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Good guy. Um, Good let's guy. Uh, go over the questions we asked ourselves before the World Series here. Who will break first, Craig Kimbrell or Jansen? Uh, really, none of them. Like They didn't yeah. play too bad. Uh, Kimbrell had those two runs in game four, so he got the save. Um, Jansen allowed a home running both game three and four, but he didn't look terrible out there. No. And was, he wasn't really in a situation where he could win. Wash. Exactly. Yeah. Um, will the Dodgers outfielders be able to figure out the weird angles and dimensions of Fenway? They didn't really have any issues. I thought they were going to have a lot more issues. Chris Taylor booted one bad yeah. left. He like let he let it like bounce past him somehow. Mm-hmm. And there's one that came off the wall, funny in left center. That uh, I think it was maybe it was Bellinger in center field at the time, but he misplayed it. 
but there was officially no errors but yeah there were definitely some iffy situations that the Boston Fielders wouldn't have messed up. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next one, yeah, but were they were they just two plans or or like semi two plans? No, they were just were, like they just sh- minor weird angles. There's there's some janky angles in Fenway. Uh, the last one here, um, which home run or which park sees more home runs, Dodger Stadium or Fenway? Yeah, Justin, you were right close. again. Whatever. Even if you average it up per game, Fenway had one per game. Dodger Stadium had four. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of dingers in Dodger Stadium. <laughs> Told you. And flying. the bats came alive in it those last flying. couple games. And then um, who had the better series, Kershaw or Sale, Betts or Puig? Well, Mookie Betts didn't have a great series. He had that one home run. Yeah, Puig had one home run too. But Betts was like 0 for 14 at one point in the World Series. Yeah, and he had, he had a decent last couple of games. Uh, he was 0 for 7 in that 18 mm-hmm. inning game with one walk. Yeah. So that was pretty rough. Obviously, I mean, neither of them really stood out. Betts scored five runs. Puig drove in four. Betts stole the base. I don't know. They, I think that one's pretty. They both had five hits. It's pretty probably pretty even. Um, you could say Betts contributed more because he came across the plate more times i don't know it's yeah he also uh, struck out more yeah. so he contributed more to to outs Three, and then two walks like yeah, honestly <laughs> if you if you look if you look at it um i would say like it's too close it's to say even. that either yeah. one of them was better than the Neither other but I, I would argue that uh sale was definitely better than kershaw was yeah in kershaw was absolutely brutal this is the worst playoffs that I've seen him have. Well, they showed like us this that series in particular. Kershaw now has an ERA over six in elimination games, which is the worst in MLB history. With him in, I think he has like four <laughs> or five starts in elimination games. His yeah. ERA is over six. Yeah, you can't have that. Yeah. Especially when you pitch like him. Like, so, he's so good, and yet you yeah. play so bad in those games. That's all people are going to remember you for. Just so, like... uh, yeah, Clayton Kershaw has a lot, he allowed four runs in mm-hmm. yesterday's or Sunday's game. Yeah, it was yesterday, I guess. Uh, and. Uh, they showed Mass and Bumgarner has only ever allowed three runs in the World Series total. Yeah, he's been there like three times. <laughs> Did you guys so. see that photo of the Giants oh, and yeah. um, it's the Mads Dodgers? And Bum- he's yeah. sitting on the couch sitting with the there with all the World yeah. Series trophies. Yeah, yeah I love that. Pretty funny. I love um, the salt. Where would you rank this Boston Red Sox team as like one of the best teams ever? Because they're good. Their regular season is one of the best ever for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, it, they they only lost one game on the road in the playoffs, which is even more impressive than than the amount of wins that they racked up. Uh, they're they're probably like a top 25 all-time team, maybe. I don't know. It's tough for me to rank teams. Yeah, like, with nothing in front of you kind of Nothing in front yeah. of me to look at. But they're, they're definitely a, a great team, and they have a, a great mixture of young and, and elder talent. Like, you have a Mitch Moreland. You got guys like... Uh, Price obviously is getting older now too, and Kimbrel's in his thirties now as well. So you got you got guys that have some veteran leadership, and then you have guys like Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts, mm-hmm. uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., who are kind of up and comers in that on that team. Still, uh, uh, Ben had a great World Series. Yeah, he did. Um, that kid looks really good in the in, with with the bat. So I mean, yeah, they've got a great mixture of kind of everything. They they should win for a long time with that core group. Patrick, would you put this Red Sox team as one of the best of all time, just off the top of your head? I'd say it's top 20. There's just so much elite talent. That outfield is as good as any outfield ever. Um, and they're still young. Yeah. And that's what's kind of scary is that this team is <laughs> going to stay together for a little while. Probably not as long as everybody thinks because I know that David Price has opt-out options. He won't. And now that he's exercised his playoff demons, he might look to greener pastures. 
Packers. I don't know. It's hard to get into his mind, but Nathan Avaldi is almost certainly not going to stick around because he 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 was so good this year yeah. that somebody will pay him a ridiculous amount of money, and then that kind of creates a bit of a vacuum uh, that has to be filled. And I don't know if there's anybody who necessarily can in the the Red Sox organization, but I mean. It's scary because the as good as these guys are now, their farm system is not 100% depleted. Mm-hmm. It's still churning out quality talent. It'll take a few years to get back to where it was before. You know, Betts and Benatendi, et cetera, all got called up. But yeah. this is definitely this was definitely like their this season for them was it, it was probably their best World Series win. Like a, a season where they won the World Series since like whatever one that uh, Babe Ruth won them. Whenever there was like twelve teams in the league. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is as good a, a, a Red Sox team as there there's ever been. Agreed. I think it might be the best Boston Red Sox team of all time. Could be. Like definitely, I know those other Boston Red Sox teams. Like the first team that won the World Series, they were just kind of uh, like they were a great team, but they didn't have the talent that these Red Sox yeah. had. The talent top to bottom on this lineup. It's crazy. Pisses me off talking about it, man. We gotta stop doing it's en- this. It's enviable, that's for oh, sure. I hate it. Again, us in maybe three or four years. I think the Jays will get to that uh, all-star yeah. lineup in like three or four years that uh, the Red Sox have. If this homegrown talent that we have continues to develop on its current trajectory, we'll be there, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, let's talk about the Jays again. Uh, the offseason, it's on now, basically. Yeah, it's And started. again, it's a short offseason. Um, Patrick, we'll start with you here. Two or three things that you want the Jays to do in the offseason, things or goals or whatever. What two or three things do you want to see them do? I'd like to see them completely overhaul their coaching staff. I know, like, I have I've harped about this since June, and I'm not going to stop until it happens. <laughs> I just think right now the current coaches are they represent the old guard and they represent an old way of thinking and i don't believe that any of them are going to have anything positive to contribute in the future of this ball club i would be disgusted if our hitting coach our current hitting coach uh who i'm not even going to say their name um i'd be disgusted if they got their hands on you know all this young talent coming up and just pissed it away i really don't want to see them have that opportunity i would like to see the jays overhaul their hitting uh bring in a very experienced uh player who had an excellent eye for the ball someone like chipper jones uh or paul molitor come in be the hitting coach what was that said roberto alomar (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, that would be fantastic too. He Having too a stuff. player like that yeah. teach these guys the fundamentals about taking pitches instead of swinging at everything. <laughs> Those days with Toronto, they they have to be in the past because we can't rely on bombs all the time anymore. We don't even have the power in the lineup. So overhaul the coaching staff is number one. Really, it's number one and two, but you know, whatever. I'll give you another one anyway. I would really like to see them go out and sign Patrick Corbin. Yeah, I don't care how much, I don't care how much money it, it takes. They need an elite lefty in there. And I look, I love Ryan Barucki, but he's also still a kid, and that's a lot of pressure to put on him. It it would make me feel a hell of a lot better about the Jays' chances to make the playoffs next year if they had Corbin as the number three starter, and then had Ryan Barucki 
at number five. That would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to stick with those two. Justin? Okay. Uh, my first one would be kind of on the same lines as Patrick's second that he gave us. It'd be assign one of the top five starting pitchers that are on the market. Uh, two guys that are in there for sure would be Evoldi and obviously Patrick Corbin. Uh, other guys that could be in the category. I mean, Gio Gonzalez might have some life left in him for a couple of years. He could be a bridge kind of contract for us. I know he's a, a free agent as well. If David Price ever opted out, but I think he'd be stupid too. I don't think he. I think he's making like four years, hundred twenty-seven million or something with yeah. Boston. He's not going to get that much, even with a, like he's he's getting old. Like he's in his mid thirties now. Yeah. One hundred twenty-seven million over four years. You can't turn that down. Um, Kershaw has the option to opt out. It's unlikely he will, but we wouldn't be in that market for him anyway, unfortunately. But I'd like to see one of either Evoldi or Corbin come in. I mean, Evoldi can throw 101. That'd be sweet to see mm -hmm. in the rotation. Um, number two, definitely a new hitting coach uh, because I, I don't think Brooke Jacoby has the approach to work with Vladdy Jr. I mean, Vlad Jr.'s already got... He probably doesn't need to be taught anything at this point. He has a his walk rate and his strikeout rate are both around nine percent in the minors, which is phenomenal. If he's if he's not striking out ten times more than ten times the time, whereas we have a guy like Teoscar Hernandez who strikes out thirty percent of the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, Vladdy doesn't have a ton of home runs in the minors. They still think that he's he, his power will develop and he can still hit thirty to forty a season. I still think that Vladdy kind of is like a twenty-five home run guy, but he's going to bat for three hundred, mm -hmm. which is huge. Yeah, you could have Teoscar Hernandez hit twenty-five home runs, but he'll bat two forty. Whereas if you have Vlad on base, more than probably probably almost twice as much as Teoscar at this point, it's going to be a big difference. So a new hitting coach, sign one of either Corbin, Ivoldi, or another top five starter. That would be my two big ones. I mean, just more player development stuff in the minors is probably a big thing. Give mm -hmm. those guys a chance to move up. Yeah. For me, I'm not too worried about our starting rotation. Mm -hmm. I'm more worried about the bullpen. My Fair. big thing in the wish, my big uh, wish in the offseason is that the Jays figure it out and get like three solid bullpen arms to go with Ken Giles. If that's promoting someone in AAA, sure. If that's going out and getting some guys, yes. But we need a bullpen. Sure. I'm tired yeah. of these like... One and done, two and done kind of guys. People coming in and out. We need a solid bullpen. I, mm. I, I can't remember the last good Jays bullpen. Would have been the years of like Scott Downs, Jason Frazier, and even that's pretty bad. Like Those Scott Downs solid, was okay. Yeah, Scott Downs was always really, really solid yeah. for the Jays. But every time one of our starters gets pulled, I get a little worried <laughs> because our bullpen is just so so bad. <laughs> it would be nice having a solid bullpen. You look at good playoff teams. They have good bullpens. Oh, big time. So if our rotation is going to be a little shaky, and it shouldn't, you know, I mean, Stroman, Sanchez, Barucki, if we go out and get someone, you know, it's a, it's a pretty solid rotation, but it'd be nice to have a better bullpen yeah. because, oh, man, it's not great. And it <laughs> hasn't been great for years. It would just be nice to finally have a good bullpen. That would be number one on my list. Uh, number two, kind of like uh, how Stubby Clapp is on my mind. For whatever reason, Matt Harvey's on my mind to pick up for the Jays. I think that a solid veteran pitcher, because Marco Estrada is done with the Jays. Yeah, Montoyo is wearing his number 25 yeah. at the press conference. He's not coming back. And, and. I would like a uh, veteran pitcher to go with Sanchez and Stroman, Baraki, Reed Foley to kind of mentor those guys. I think Matt Harvey would be great. Could be. Before his whole drama with the New York Mets, Matt Harvey was a solid pitcher. Yeah. And he with the Cincinnati Reds, he pitched pretty well, too. Yeah, I mean, bottom it was, it was the Reds, so, I mean, obviously no one really cared. Shout out to Boss Andy. Yeah. But <laughs> um, the at the same time, though, like, I, I don't know why. I just think Matt Harvey would be a good fit for the Jays. 
but that's just maybe me, and I'm just like, oh, I really want Matt Harvey. That's yeah. why I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, those are the two big ones. I kind of want him to see. I kind of want to see them have commitment to Bo Bichette, maybe saying he has a chance to make the major league team off the bat. I know it's not going to happen, and I know he should have another year in AAA. I kind of want to see him in the majors, though, because I'm, I'm impatient. I, mm-hmm. I just want to see what Bo Bichette can bring. I think he will be in AAA all year next year. All but, year? Maybe at the end of the year, call yeah. him up for the late season call-ups. I don't really count that as kind of playing. Yeah, and that's though. a service time thing again. Yeah. Lottie Jr., yeah. whole same thing. So we'll see. Yeah, because they might treat him the same way. But Do you I'm... think that they value Bichette as much as they value Vlad's extra no. year? No. So you, in theory, you could see Bichette if there's injuries come up sometime yeah. during the season. Yeah. You could burn a year of his service time. Yeah. I don't think you're as worried about him as yeah. you are about Vladdy. I also just want my <laughs> prediction to be right that Bo Bichette was on the opening, opening roster, roster for next year. Yeah, so that was, that was that, a long that, time ago. So, again, that's yeah. my little selfish thing there. I was going to tie that all together. but <laughs> oh, oh, coughing. Sorry. Bullpen. I, I got a question for you, Clayton. Yeah. Just, just a quick. Okay. So... Uh, we had a conversation four or five weeks ago where we were talking about investing money in uh, where uh, where we should be investing the money in pitching. And at the time, you had mentioned that you were interested in seeing the Jays invest a lot of money in like a big, like a big, uh, like a sexy pick, like mm-hmm. a sexy star, instead of investing you know, four to five million dollars in really solid uh, to good bullpen arms. And you are you made the argument that those things have never really panned out for us in the past. Yeah. So now you're kind of coming around on that. And I'm just curious, uh, as far as your thought process goes, what what changed between then and now? That that makes you think that maybe it is a good idea where we were were. Justin and I convincing on that, or was it more about like thinking about the success of the teams that we've seen the last like five to six years and the fact that their bullpen, the bullpen, like the World Series champions usually have an excellent bullpen? I would say that Matt Harvey is a sexy pick for a rotation because he's got the name. You know, it's kind of like, you know what, he's got a big name behind him. He pitched really, really well three or four years ago. I would say Matt Harvey's kind of a sexy pitcher pick. Because we don't need like yeah. yeah yeah I would say he's I yeah. would say he's definitely a sexy pick but for like watching the playoffs and watching how good these bullpens were I'm just like we need that you really change your mind well we need that again like that's the thing when the Jays go out and pick up a Sergio Santos or something like that it's mm. usually a closer role you know our closers when we go out and pick them up don't work out ever Drew Storen another name Sergio Santos like you can go off and off uh, on Blue Jay closers I would rather see us get like a setup man and a middle man. But because looking at these, um, and again, I know that the playoffs aren't like the playoffs are a different beast. You always go to the bullpen a lot more frequently and stuff. But watching the bullpens of these major of these uh, playoff teams, it was like, man, the Jays don't have this. The Jays don't have three or four go to guys that we can call to in the bullpen like these guys have. And that's why I, while I was watching the playoffs, I was like, we need that because if if we're gonna be a playoff team in the next couple of years, we need a bullpen. We got the lineup. And now, because that's the thing, we, we don't need to spend money on our lineup. We got all these young guys coming up, you know? So we need a bullpen. And that kind of what changed my mind is watching all these playoff teams being like, okay, yeah, we definitely need to invest some money in there. Like, not, not just like, you know, a couple million here or there. But yeah, maybe, maybe shore up some, or maybe, maybe spend a lot of money on a bullpen guy. But with our history, it's tough because there's so yeah, many bad well, bullpen guys we picked up in the past. We've been the victim of some good bullpens in, in, the, in the playoffs when we faced yeah. Cleveland and they had Andrew Miller just 
light us up for yeah. a whole series. That's true. Um, even the Royals, when we played them, <laughs> they had a great bullpen that year too, and they won the World Series. So, yeah. I mean, that's it's definitely a, there's a track record of teams having solid relief pitching that mm-hmm. have gone on to win. Because mm-hmm. again, I'm all about the sexiness, you know. Especially in today's baseball, with yeah. with <laughs> with the way that we've been yanking starters yeah. after two innings in this mm-hmm. postseason. And putting the bullpen in the rest of the game, like mm-hmm. that's it's the way of the future, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, and bullpen I'm all, like, is the thing. Again, I'm all about the sexiness, and the bullpen is the opposite of sexy. Like oh, you yeah. don't want to see your team spend money on a bullpen because it's like, okay, who cares? It's the bullpen. I want to see him <laughs> go and get big bats and big arms. Yeah, bullpen guys, who cares? So that's why, like, I'm all about the sexiness, but we we need bullpen help, like big time. Nothing says sexy like Bartolo yeah. Colon. But the thing is, I just I hate <laughs> bo- I hate the boringness of the Jays yeah. again. I like watching the Jays in the early 2000s and. Like 2009, 2010, we're so boring. They didn't make any. They didn't do any risky things. They didn't do any sexy thing. Oh, we got Troy Gloss, guys. Sweet, you know. Like I hated those times. I hated being a Jays fan yeah. during those times because it was just so boring. It was like, oh well. I don't the know. Doormats. You I know? think uh, with Montoya, we might. I think we might see more bases next year because I mean the Rays have Malik Smith who stole a crap ton of bases mm-hmm. this year, and we do have some guys who have some speed. Like I mean, if Kevin Pillar is still a Blue Jay, he's. He's not the fastest guy, but he's, he picks good times to go for the most part. Except when he steals third. <laughs> Except when he steals third against yeah. the Yankees, down by five. Um, shout out to Gibby for that again. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, Randall Gristrick's decently fast. Uh, I mean, I think that we'll, we'll see some whoever plays shortstop. Guriel might be able to steal a few bases. He's pretty lanky, mm-hmm. so if you ever teach him to get good jumps. And Danny Jansen's actually pretty quick for a catcher, but I don't think we'll see him steal no. too many bases. No. We, actually, we, we have some uh, guys. On- Montoyo addressed that Did he? in the in the conference. Yeah, he, okay. uh, he was asked, you know, you're coming from a team that actually steals a lot of bases where <laughs> here in Toronto, we the players to typically that. aren't known for stealing a lot of bases. And he said, you know, I'm not going to try to force an issue where I know like it's a waste of time or it's just going to result in a bunch of outs. Right. You know, if we're not fast enough to steal bases, we're not going to steal bases. We're okay. going to focus on other things. Hmm. So it's kind of interesting. He re- he really did impress me with his press conference. And for anybody out there who's still, pardon me, skeptical about this guy, if you watch the press conference, he's not only easygoing, but he's well-spoken for someone who speaks two different languages. And he also is just, he comes across as very patient and very yeah, smart. Agreed. His, an- his answers are very calculated. And even though it kind of bothered me a little bit when he uh, implied that the front office is going to have more of a say when it comes to the lineup and roster management, um, he's still he he wasn't really playing it very safe in the press conference. He said, "I don't care." Uh, like uh, some lady tried to tee up a question, like, "You know, you're coming to a team that's going to lose a lot of games." <laughs> he was that. like, "He's like, look, no, we're from." You know, spring training on, we're going to play to win. We're mm-hmm. going to play like we belong in the playoffs. We are going to play like we belong, you know, on the winning on the winning team every night. And what I was like, silly question good for was, you, man. Yeah, that is a dick question. Yeah, that that's, that's them just trying to see what he'll say to that question. They're trying to see if they can yeah. get him a little bit. And he's like, come on, like, really? Hey, you know, your team sucks, right? <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks a bunch. Thanks yeah. a lot. We look forward to seeing you at every yeah. game next year. That's greasy. <laughs> Again, I think he's going to do great. After Googling him, I thought it was a good hire. I just, back to the sexiness, guys. I'm all about the sexy. Clayton loves the sexy. Because when we play it safe, we suck. When we do the sexy things, we won. 
Yeah, I don't know. But it, it might not be. It might this the book might not be closed fully on Stubby Clap and a future with the Jays. The reason why is because uh, he just came off a series of remarkably successful minor league teams there in St. Louis. Yeah. And getting promoted to the first base coach is a huge first step for him as far as getting a managerial spot. If for whatever reason Montoyu doesn't work out and Clap you know, hasn't been promoted to manager in St. Louis, it's still feasible that we could see him join the organization. He could still end up joining as a first or third base coach in the future. So I wouldn't rule out Stubby Clap coming to Toronto eventually. It's just right now in the short term, it's probably not going to happen. Fair. Crushing my dreams, guys. Crushing my sexy dreams. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, That's it. That's all for episode (laughs) 21. Again, any questions, anything you want us to talk about, send us a message on Facebook, Twitter. That's probably the best way. Hey, You can email us too. It's batflipsmapledips at gmail.com. There's no and in the email, just batflipsmapledips. I'm a little upset you didn't get a Hotmail address for us. This is that would have been awesome. We're, we're not living in 2005 anymore. Man, we mentioned Nexopia every single day That's or you. every That's single you, week. Yeah, Do you well, want us to get MSN Messenger while we're out too or AOL? Man, MSN Messenger was sexy back in the day. And <laughs> if there's one thing we learned in this podcast, I'm all about the sexy. <laughs> I am all about the sexy. That Missy Alex Anthopoulos. His hair was sexy too, guys. His hair was sexy too. Wow. I don't think it was, but that's the that's teach, conversation every, everybody for Everybody, stay tuned because next week, episode twenty-two is going to be all about Clayton's fetishes. <laughs> yeah, that's not. It's we're going to lose a lot of listeners. Alex Anthopoulos, guys. Yeah. That, that's my fetish. I miss him. Um, again, actually, before we go, before we go, um, should we talk a little bit about what we're going to do in November? Nothing. Podcast. We're going to just cry. No. Uh, yeah, we'll be just stay tuned. We're going to be kind of looking back at the Jays season that was a little bit more in detail. We'll give out some some grades to our players. So we're going to tear some people a new one and give some people some praise that's really deserved. Um, I know Patrick's getting his rocket ready to fire the coaching staff into the sun. Uh, how's the how's the pre-launch going? Are you like a few weeks away or what? Oh, man. Um, I don't know if all the astronauts are ready yet, but let me tell you, this is a one-way it's trip. It's a one-way trip. And uh, it's going to be into the fiery, endless inferno that is the sun. Perfect. And uh, the front, yeah, the first-class seats are already primed and ready for <laughs> Joe Biagini and Danny Burns. Well, so, uh, yeah, uh, MLB free ready. agency starts this weekend, so there might be some, I know, as of Saturday, teams can start offering contracts to mm-hmm. some big names. The Yankees apparently aren't going after Bryce Harper, so that's big news. He's going to oh, go to Chicago, God. I think. That's my yeah. sexy pick. Chicago Cubs are going to get Bryce Harper. Um after that, I mean, we're a month and a half away from baseball winter meetings, the Rule 5 drafts in December. So there's always stuff to talk about. And then before you know it, it's February 1 and pitchers and catchers are back. So exactly. We've got a couple of months here, so hopefully you stick with us and uh, we'll get you through the new year and back to baseball again. And some other stuff, too. We always talk about some random things yeah, here we'll, or there. So. We'll do an episode on cricket for all you cricket fans out there. I know there's like five of you. God, no. <laughs> Please no. I was thinking like hockey again or something like that. Oh, yeah. Wow, we can do that too, I suppose. Um, Again, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play Music, Spotify, SoundCloud's a good one, Stitcher, TuneIn, all over the fancy internet machine, kids. Um, For Patrick, Justin, it's Clayton, episode 21 in the books. We'll uh, see you next week.